morning church again just a quick warm welcome to our first visitor in this church uh, my name is Zolani and I thought maybe today there was no need for us to have a service after the memorial service we had yesterday I thought today it was the church should be closed because we had them really such something that yeah it will never be forgotten before. And um, I was just chatting to a friend of mine, Malusi, there that maybe I'm going to steal this idea of Jonathan, of imagine that Ambo, and the next thing they say there's no preacher, and then it's me preaching in the big screen. They will be shocked. <laughs> they will be shocked. They were thinking, are you crazy, Zulane? And then uh, there's me probably standing up and maybe I was preaching to someone for a very long time and then I would be pointing and say you sitting in that chair and that you not accepted the Lord for a very long time I want to let you know I'm in a better place and but anyway it's just really it was an honor to be there and and just really testify and see what God was doing and um and this morning, I've actually been given the task of revealing every year. I, I'm reading the one-year Bible plan by Nikki Campbell to read the Bible the whole year. And then again, um, I've done it last year, and then I'm doing it again. Uh, it's got such an amazing um, one, which is kind of expressing in terms of getting to Go deeper in the word. One thing that is actually strikes me, he said, every time when the year started to happen, we all have goals and visions and dreams. And, but um, sometimes it's very hard to fulfill those things. It's very difficult, and then we get frustrated when those things are not happening. And um, I think in my life, last year I remember... I started running. <laughs> My goodness, I was a runner. You'll never, me in Western Park, I think all the grannies, they normally see me there. And this year, I was thinking, how am I going to do this again? And, but I felt the Lord says to me, listen, do not give up, just start. Start. And, and that vision I have again is to go back again in running. But I'm not going to go in full speed. Probably you find me dead as I get to that. But I have that vision to start again. So today I just wanted to remind you about the vision of the church. And I wanted to actually speak about the vision in terms of the scriptures. What is it actually entitled with? And then we're starting the series next week, Hope Has a Name. And, um, but today I thought, let me start it with the series of actually reminding you about the vision of Finyelela, but as well speak about the vision of the church. But one vision that I've been having and I've been saying, Lord, would you please give us a vision that we can be the praying church? That we can be the praying church. Despite of everything, I'm talking about as the church, but as well as an independent people around as an individual, that we can be in this year, be able to go in our knees and pray. 
and we can pray for this country. I'm telling you guys. And the scripture says, if my people humble themselves and pray, he will hear the prayers. It's time for us to be humble and pray. Elections are coming. I'm not terrifying you, but my vision is this. And I was not there back in the Mandela days. I just want to be honest with you. But I've heard that through prayers, that's why there was a better elections. Things changed. And that's why I'm asking and appealing again, can we be the church that will be praying for our lives over our continent and even even our country that we are staying? Let's pray for our church. Let's pray for our family. Let's pray for our children. And I've got something that I normally used to do every time when my children are sleeping and then I'll go and pray for them because they don't see me. And Lord, would you protect them? Lord, would you guide them? Lord, would you let them walk with you? I've bumped to something here on Facebook that completely strikes me about the church. This guy wrote something that I was thinking at myself and finding it where we are as the Sarepta people. And say, do not just attend church. And then he say, love the church. Serve the church. Give it through the church. Invite people to the church. Can I tell you the truth? I was very guilty when I get to that position. How many people have invited them to come to church? I actually, it's very hard to invite people to come to church. And I remember someone when I was inviting him to come to church, and they said, he's done with the church anymore now. He's doing a called a digital church. I don't know what is a digital church. I think on, he's watching on Facebook or something like that. And, but he does not see a need of to come and get that as the church. And because there's so many churches that are happening online now. I think probably I can leave you just now and go and start joining a Joyce Myers church anytime. But because I believe we gathered here because we have the same vision. We have the same mind of able to be able to be transformed so we can see the glory of Jesus rising in this place. He said, worship Jesus with the church. How many of us coming together here to worship Jesus? We just needed to come and give praise to Jesus together. Encourage one another in the church. Listen, we all have upside downs. We all have difficulties. But I actually learned yesterday from the memorial service of Jonathan just to encourage one another. So well done, David, you're doing very well. Just it helps to lift that each other, the special. I think the church is a better space that we can be able to encourage one another. He says something, participate in the church by serving the dishes, by putting up the chairs. You're not doing it for me. I'm telling you the truth. You're doing it for him. 
All the glory belongs to him. I've said a lot of people, they say to me yesterday, they're all, all Sarabians. Yes, they are really getting all there. They were gray hairs yesterday. I love them. I was escorting them to come inside. And they say to me, the church is looking very lovely. Your church is looking very lovely. And I say to them, can I encourage you? This is not my church. It's God's church. We've been trusted to look after what God has actually been given to us. And then if you say that this is just a building, doesn't mean anything. But if you say it to me as a church, you said, I look lovely, I would say definitely thank you for that. Because Sarepta does not go down to Stockville. We're the one that goes down to Stockville to preach the gospel. He says something that strikes me. Pray for the church. Pray for the church. I'm telling you, let's not just pray for only for Sarepta, but we needed to pray for all the church. Because the churches that are facing the persuasive, now things are tough. Let's pray for Sarepta, but let's pray for the church around in the upper highway. Help us, Lord, to be able to pray for the church. That the church will be raised up. The church that will speak the truth of God in this time. And the last thing that he said here, be the church. Be the church. I spoke to someone and said, I do not like to come to church because the people that goes to church, they are horrible. They are horrible. I don't like them. They are so mean. I prefer people that do not go to church. And I says to that person, sorry, I just want to let you know, you are actually speaking to the church as you're talking to me now. Don't look at the building. Look what is inside in me. I started sharing the testimony with that person. I never know. I invited him to come to church, but I did represent the church in him. That he must not hate the church. If someone said it before, I think Henry Dunkel used to say, if people leave the church, they always have excuses to say, the music is bad, the preaching is terrible, maybe the, the deco does not look nice. And then Henry used to say, bless them because you do not own them. Jesus owned them. Send them to go. It used to be very hard for me because we get to be attached as the family. When people leave, it's so sad. But I come to a conclusion. Lord, if they leave, they can be the church somewhere else as well. They can raise the kingdom into that level. I don't know how did I get to that. But those points, they just strikes me. And one thing that about the vision and the scripture says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 29, verse 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. 
Where there is no vision, people perish. And I want to say to you, I came to a conclusion, even among my family and even with the people, and I said, I do not want to perish. Can we have a vision as the family? Can we have a vision? Can we be able to say, and because God says his promises are yes and amen, we needed to declare and speak over that vision. And to see him, I don't want to perish. And that's why, actually, I looked down when we prayed with the elders, we had the vision of Finyelela. And we seen God coming through over those pillars of Finyelela. We see people grow up knowing God. We see people coming as their family. We've seen people growing deeper in the word. We had an amazing year last year where the word was unpacked. It, it was amazing. I was even shocked that I've got so much preachers that are sitting on their chairs here. Thank you, Lord, that I can have a break. Reaching out. We have seen the impact of reaching to the community that we are staying. Because we had a vision to Finyelela to stretch out. We have something that we are holding on and trusting God. And I want to encourage you, for you not to perish, you started to have a vision again. Start dreaming. I always speak to young people. They said, ah, I do not have a job. I do not have anything. And I'm just really battling. And I said, start visioning, start picturing that, going to look for the job, and you pretend like you've got the job. Go there. Take your CV. Trust God that he will open up the door. Do not just sit back. Have a vision that the job that you are looking for, you will find it. I'm talking to the retired people as well. Listen, don't think that you do not have a vision. You do have a vision. How many people out there that are actually perishing, that do not know the Lord? You have a vision to change those people. Caleb, he started doing a ministry in quite an old age. We need everyone to have a vision in this church. I go to, I see a Bible study, Leslie doing it here um, every time, and I look and I'm like, wow, how many grannies we need to come inside in that Bible studies that does not know the Lord? A lot. We needed to have a vision. If you retired and then you don't have a vision, come and speak to me. I've got so much work to give it to you. <laughs> I like the scriptures that it always make me realize the source of the vision. The source of the vision comes from Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you. He knows. <laughs> There's nothing that really taken by surprise. There's nothing that when it comes to this and says, ooh, this is not. And I always say that because he knows the plans. He knows me when I was in the mother's womb. That scripture keeps me going. I always even surprised that. I don't know. And I was checking to Jane yesterday. He said he never knew that Jonathan used to impact us from Umkiza Road all the way from Ember where I used to stay. When I was four years old, he used to come in the Methodist church. He did not know the plan that I would be standing and sharing the gospel here. He never. 
Rob used to come at my house. I don't think he had known the plan that one day I'll be your pastor. That's crazy. Because God has a plan. And then he does not need your hand to interrupt that plan. Because it's got it. And I want to let you know the power of letting it go so God can be God. I want to pray for you in this morning. If you're holding the plan of God, I pray even for Sarepta. Let's not be the way in God's plan. Let's move out and let God be God. Clarify your vision. We wrote it down there. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2. It strikes me. I even amazed that back in the days they had tablets. My goodness. Write the vision and make it plain on the tablet. Wow. Back in the days there was technology. They were writing it in the tablets. Write it down. Write it down. I'm going back. I wrote down my vision, which is I'm trusting God. I wrote down the vision of this church. And I said, this year, Lord, there's three things that I want. Actually, uh, just to be interrupted, uh, Peter Warren and Ellison, they went on the holiday. And then they get back and they give me the gift. Thank you. I love the gift. It's sitting in the office. It was a scripture written that the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. And there was four people that keep saying that to me. And in these days, I've actually been writing down, I say, Lord, would you send the workers? Because the harvest is plenty. Out here, when we actually, it was spoken to me last year from the conference in PE, the guy says to me, this building we're actually crying that it's not be fulfilled, but how much were we doing to go out there to draw them to come to inside here? I said, this is nothing. This is a small building. Then compared to the people outside that do not know the Lord. And I wrote it down. I said, Lord, would you help me not just to fulfill the building, but to fulfill the people that will have Jesus? I do not want to fill the chairs of people that will perform to them, but we want to fulfill the people who will be burning for Jesus, who love the Lord with all their hearts. That's how we're going to change South Africa. That's how we're going to change how to do the church. I'm tired of the performing churches. I'm prepared to be stoned if we are here to perform. I'm prepared to see Jesus being revealed in our lives. I want to see the move of God. I want to see the Spirit changing people's lives. When we walk in, in the church, there's a scripture that said, when we hear the word, we must be the doers of the word as well. Let's not tickle our ears and then we left, and, but we are not the doers. Lord, would you confirm us and change us and transform us so we can be in line in the vision. Overcoming obstacles. I like the scriptures that says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. It's a confirmation what you do 
You do things through trust. It's not in reality in your own understanding, but through Christ. Align with God's vision. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, verse 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. All your heart. How many of us, <laughs> when we are in the storm, when we're going through in trouble, started to holding on on some things, but we say we still trust God, we're trying to figure things around, and I want to say something that is quite actually going on in these days. Some pastors, they go to the Sangomas because they don't fully trust in God with all their hearts. They want to be there, but I'm hoping that these two are there. I'm telling you, this is not a gabbly gabbly, it's something which is a reality. Let me talk with our own human being as well. Some people, they still go and consult into the Sangomas because they do not trust God with all their heart. I don't know about white people, maybe you go to some witchcraft somewhere. I want to let you know, those people, they're not going to help you. It's God himself who will help you. When you trust in him with all your heart. There's something that always strikes me. Maybe I'm the only one. Sometimes when I, I say, I trust you, God, but I found myself back again holding on <laughs> to what I said, God, I trust you. And I will never forget the miracle of Zoe where well, we did let it go because we actually started to go through and panicking and then when we fully trusted God and when we saw God doing a miraculous miracle, I'm talking to you, she's five years now, nothing has happened to her. She's clever as like crazy. And the doctor said it, hey, maybe when she's five years, she will have a problem with brain damage. She will have an issue of writing because of those scissors that's going on. And then I sit back and I said, the time when I trusted you, God, I saw you coming it through. Would we be the people when it's so hard, let it go so Lord will do it. I just chatted to a, a doctor recently. He said something that strikes me. He said, we were talking and somehow the doctor that we go to, he started speaking the gospel with me before he consults me. <laughs> and then we said, do you ever realize if your, your nail went out, something grow again? And then he said, and then I ended up looking at that and I'm looking at my hair, I, I shaved my hair. <laughs> and then it comes again. The old is gone, the new is coming. We needed to be able to trust God for that such amazing thing that he does. He shows us by the nature. For a tree, for a new leaves to come, the old must be gone. And then it does not keep those leaves forever. And I look at the western park trees every time. It makes me amazed. They're such green trees. But for the old, they must be gone. So for the new to come. 
And I wanted to say again, can we be the people that we must let it go so we trust God that you will take care of that? Let's not try to deal with it our own understanding. As I said, faith is in action. James chapter 2 verse 17 says, Faith by itself, if it does not have works, it is indeed. You must put it into action. In our vision we have here, we're not going to sit down and say we want to see people being healed. We want to see the community of Gilead flocking and coming here. There must be action and there must be work. We pray. We look. How can we finyelela in them? What must we do? I still have a strong feeling that in Gilead area, I'm part of the, the CPF forum here. There's so much People staying at home, retired here, doing nothing. I feel like inviting them for Alpha Course and have a tea or something. And just telling them about Jesus. Because they're sitting doing nothing. I'm thinking in Stockville, we can transform those people that are not educated by disciple them to work with Jesus. We pray, but we must have a step of faith to do that. We must put it into action. We must trust God for the money. I don't know the money where it's going to come. Guys, if you don't want to be involved, Farimali, we go there and save Jesus. Put the money, we represent you. But we don't want your money. We want you to be involved with what God is doing. It will be able to transform you as well. Isaiah 40, 31 says, But them who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. Those who wait on the Lord shall new and renew their strength. How many of you like waiting on the Lord? This guy, it's not easy waiting on the Lord. But this is giving us the encourage that we should wait in the Lord because the strength it will come from Him. Waiting on the Lord. Pay attention. Something that I've been praying about these days. I want when we wake up in the morning, I will wait on the Lord. And then sometimes I know when we have school, schools are back. Life goes hectic. Someone needs to be bathed. Someone needs a lunchbox and whatever. I'm glad I'm not making lunchbox for big boys now anymore. But just waiting on the Lord. Lord, what do you want me to do today? What can I do? Who do you want me to speak to today? Who can I encourage today? And I remember waiting on the Lord at the time in this year. The Lord says, go to checkers and tell them that Jesus loves you. And that was a strange thing to do it. And fortunately, I was a coward. I picked the checkers that I know they know me here in Gilead. 
and did not go to the one that I felt the Lord is calling me to go to. I was brave enough. I went to the checkers. I stand from the money market and I said, the Lord told me that Jesus loves you. And then off I go. And then I had one lady and she knew me, said, thank you, pastor. I needed that today. And then I said, okay, off I go. But again, it's by waiting on the Lord. By hearing from him. And then he will do it. I want to end up with this. Living as a visionary or living in vision. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. For we are in his workmanship. Created in Christ. Created in Christ Jesus for his good works. A workmanship. We need to be able to say we are here to work with Christ. And I want to encourage you in this morning. Sometimes we write down the vision. We get a little bit depressed when those things are not coming through. It's not your problem to be worried about that. I've been blaming God like crazy these days. Lord, where were you when I've been praying for that person and he was not healed? You were sleeping in the boat or something like that. And I've been asking. And then the Lord is keep confirming. It's not you doing it. I am the one doing it. And I want to let you encourage you again in this morning. Do not stand in the will of God. Because God, he can do it by himself. I've been laughing in these days as I'm doing the, the whole year Bible plan. And the Lord really strikes me in the book of Genesis chapter 18 where Sarah, she was giggling. She laughed. The sense of humor said, you're going to have the baby when the angel says that. Oh, she giggled. And the God himself asked and said, why are you, why are you laughing? I said, no, I did not laugh. And I was telling a friend of mine, I said, it will be the same for me if someone walks in and says, Zolan, you're going to have a Ferrari. I will go, ha! <laughs> a Ferrari. And the million house, ha! Never. But one thing that I like about, there's nothing impossible with God. Nothing. So I want to say to you, as I'm landing, I never sweat like this when I'm preaching. Have faith in Jesus. Display him wherever you go. Wherever you see people, you must live a Jesus lifestyle. Don't complicate things. And I know some of you are theologians here, but display the love of Jesus wherever you are. Be simple. Don't be complicated. Have a simple vision. The vision that will bring Christ. In your family, in this church, that's what I want to do. I don't want to complicate things, but I just want it to be simple and live the Jesus lifestyle. And I pray a blessing over you. If you haven't write your vision, 